Because God is good, all that he does is also good. Now, the first book of the Bible tells us a little bit about this good God that we've just been singing. It tells us a little bit about the good things that God has created. Just have a look at this one. things that God created, isn't it? So sometimes we, we fail to notice the beautiful things that God has created. Can we have the light in, please? Now, the Bible not only tells us what God has made, it also tells us this phrase. Every time that God created something, he said, and God saw that it was good. Every time God created something, we find this phrase, and God saw that it was good. Can we say it together? And God saw that it was good. Now, how many times do you think in that first chapter of the first book in the Bible, God said, and God saw that it was good? Anybody? How many times do you think God said that? How many? One, two, four, 
six times, 12 times, somebody actually he says it, thank you, Bob, six times. God said, God saw that it was good. And then as if that's not enough, God said, then repeats in a different way, that. In case we have missed the six times that God said that everything he made was good, and then God, we have this written in the Bible. It says, God saw that all that he had made, and it was very good. God saw all that he had made, and it was very good. Because God is good, all he does is good. And he created this beautiful world for us. And as we saw on the video, the last thing God created were human beings. Adam and Eve, in his own image, he created human beings. And he created them so that they can enjoy the beautiful things that he had created. Not only them, but their offsprings. Their children, their children's children, and all the way down to us. God created us so that we can enjoy what he had created. And then he told them how to, uh, to look after what he has created. And he gave them just three uh, simple instructions on how to use the beautiful things that he created. He said, be fruitful and multiply. It means have lots of children. Secondly, he said, be in control. It means use the things that I have created for you. And thirdly, he said, be responsible. Okay, be fruitful, be in control, and be responsible. Three uh, 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 responsibilities God gave them. And let's see, have they done well? Have we done well with what God has instructed us to do? Let's see at the first one. Well, be fruitful and multiply. I think we've done well, haven't we? There are over 7 billion people in the world today. So we have indeed filled the earth. We are fruitful and multiplied. I think uh, we have done okay with that. What about the second one? Second one was be in control. I think we have been in control. We have kind of tamed this earth. Uh, the other versions of the Bible says subdue it. And we have done that. We have built roads and houses and buildings and and we have done lots of things. We farm, we, we have enough things to eat and so on. So we are actually in control. And we have, we're not totally, but we have done well. Done well with being uh, fruitful and we've been in control. What about the third one? Have we done well with being responsible? What do you think? Have we done? I think epic fail, someone says. I think we have failed miserably with that we have failed i wonder what would god say when god sees what we have done with this world this is somebody's impression of the world with us and the world without us and has here are some of the things that we have done to our world with destruction that we have caused so i don't think we have been responsible with the beautiful things that God has given. What would you say? What would God say? Just think for a few seconds and Claire will come and tell us something else then. as we reflect on that balance sheet of the three, only three things that God told us that we should do to be fruitful and multiply, done okay, 
be in control. Yes, we have used the world and its resources uh, for our ends, to feed ourselves and to keep ourselves housed, but for being responsible. We have not acted responsibly, and I think you are all in accord with that. So we are going to say sorry, Lord God, for that right now. You can see on the screen uh, some words that we're going to say together. So hopefully as I was speaking, you were just casting your eye over that. We're going to say all these words together as we ask God to forgive us for our irresponsibility towards his creation, which was good. And now in many areas and parts of the world, as we look around, we have to say hand on heart is not good because of our influence and our activity. So let's say this together. God of creation, we are sorry that we have been careless with the world you so lovingly made. We have taken what we want to satisfy our selfish desires rather than our needs. Because of our greed and carelessness, the whole world is hurting. Please forgive our selfishness. Amen. And you know, the marvelous thing is that God loves us so much that he looked at us and saw that we were inherently good and are inherently good, that he forgives us. So we are going to receive God's forgiveness now for our activity in the world that has not been responsible before Daniel comes and tells us a little more about how we can make amends. If you would like to open your hands as if you were holding the world, you can. If that's not something you're not comfortable with, don't worry about it. But if you'd like to pretend, you're, imagine you're holding the world now as we receive God's forgiveness. God of creation, thank you for the forgiveness that Jesus won us. We receive your grace and your love for us as we are. But please change us now into what you would have us be. Move us to love for the good of all creation, for the sake of our Saviour, Jesus Christ. Amen. So we have said sorry. We have been forgiven. Now, what can we do about it? Daniel. We've just been uh, talking about uh, that we have not been good uh, with our responsibilities and we said sorry to God. Now, do you know being uh, how we live our lives as Christians with regards, uh, has a lot to do with regards to how we treat each other and how we treat our planet. Being a Christian has a lot to do with how we treat uh, each other and how to, when, when we look at our planet and the people around us, that's how others know that we are followers of Jesus. So what should we do with all the mess that we have created? What can we do? I think before we talk about what we can do, let's identify what the problems are. So firstly, the first problem, I'm sure there are lots of things that we can say and mention but just uh, two things I would like us to mention. Firstly, it's the problem of detachment. You see, we live in a world that is now globalized. That means that we are increasingly interconnected. Everything that we use, everything that we eat and drink, everything that we consume comes from somewhere. Everything that we use, consume, eat, 
drive comes from somewhere. And most of the time, most of the things that we consume come from somewhere else around the world, not just down the road from us. So things just appear on our shelves and our shops. And what we do is we go, take our money, we buy them and bring them and use them. So there's nothing wrong with that. But the only problem is because we, we do that, we are detached from the reality of that. We don't know where things come from. We don't know who produced them. And we don't know uh, the story behind uh, the, each of these things that we consume. And because we don't know, we care less. So the problem of detachment is one. And secondly, secondly, the problem uh, is to do with, with that consumer, consumerism uh, attitude. Uh, it's to do with uh, dissatisfaction. So consumerism creates dissatisfaction in us. This uh, endless, constant cycle of, of dissatisfaction. When we look at, our, at the adverts on the TV, they are always telling us that we should be more beautiful, that our hair needs to be a particular color or particular style. Thank God for that. Uh, we should be wearing this particular clothing or we should be driving this particular car. If we don't, consumerism tells us we will not be happy. We will not be happy. We will not be satisfied. It tells us we are what we eat. We are what we wear. We are what we drive. So basically they are telling us our identity depends on the things that we consume, the things that we buy. That's what it creates. They make us so unsatisfied with anything, we go for more and more and more. That creates a big problem. So we have a problem where our identity, they tell us, depends on, on what we do, on what we get, on what we consume. But we know that the Bible says something different. The Bible actually says our identity is on Jesus. Jesus came to give us life and to give us life to the full. That's what Jesus said. I have come to give you life and life to the fullest, complete. So identity does not depend on that. So that's the problem. Problem of uh, dissatisfaction, uh, the problem of detachment. So what is the solution then? Again, I'm sure there are many things that we can do, but I would just suggest uh, some, a couple of things maybe for us to consider. Firstly, to find a way of breaking from that detachment by trying to reconnect uh, to things that we consume. So, for example, whenever we go out to buy things, it's good for us to ask, I wonder where did it come? Where did the tomatoes in my pizza come from? From Italy? From uh, I don't know. Where do the things that I buy come from? And then the another important question is, under what condition were they made? Under what condition? When the things I consume were made, in the process were human beings hurt? Was the planet hurt? When I go and buy my clothing from uh, Primark or Nemeth, depending, I think we need to ask that question. In the process of making those clothing or whatever else, was, were people hurt or was the planet hurt? It's good for us to ask. And secondly, I think if we try to live a bit more simply by resisting the urge to get more and more, because that's what they tell us. 
buy more and more to be happy, I think we need to say, I'm not going to, uh, I'm not going to go along with your message. I will take control of my money. I will decide where I spend my money. Because they don't have uh, the, uh, uh, the interests, our uh, interests at heart. All they care is about how much money they get out of us. And therefore, for us to say, it is my responsibility. I'm going to live simply so that I will not hurt the planet. So two things for us to remember that is try to be con- to connect with the things that we consume. Secondly, live simply. And the third one and final one is to speak up with high volume. To speak up with our friends, with our family, with, with people that are in our neighborhood, in our schools, at workplace, to speak about the problems that we're facing in our world, uh, they, the, the problems that, that we are facing in the planet. What is, it that, what is it that I can do to make sure that I do something to save my planet, the planet that I live in? To speak up. This is a lady. Her name is Greta. I don't know if you've seen her on the, v- in the, in the TV recently. She's a, Swedish, a 16-year-old Swedish young girl. And she's been uh, speaking up with high volume about, uh, about the problem that our planet is in. She's been not only speaking to her friends and family and neighbors, but she's actually been speaking to the whole world. And recently, actually only last week, she went to New York, all the way from Sweden. And she met with the world leaders. And she told them with passion what it is. She spoke up. Let's just uh, hear a little bit about what she said. This is all wrong. I shouldn't be up here. I should be back in school on the other side of the ocean. Yet you all come to us young people for hope. How dare you? You have stolen my dreams and my childhood with your empty words. And yet, I'm one of the lucky ones. People are suffering. People are dying. Entire ecosystems are collapsing. We are in the beginning of a mass extinction. And all you can talk about is money and fairy tales of eternal economic growth. How dare you? Well, I, I really encourage you to listen to what she said. But as you can see, she is challenging. She's speaking out. These are world leaders. And she's asking them or telling them, how dare you do this? It's easy to talk about other people. What about us? What can you do? What can I do? So, the question for us to answer. And Claire is going to tell us what we're going to do.